0: History of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together.
1: And if you can turn with me to First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17, as we make our way through First Thessalonians. So 1 Thessalonians 2, 17, the title of our message is Hope in His Coming. Hope in His Coming. As believers in Jesus Christ we should be people of hope. We have hope. We, if you know the word of God, if you know the one that wrote the word of God, you know the fact that as a believer, to be absent from our body means that we're gonna be in the presence of the Lord. So even death itself uh, cannot conquer us because the Bible says that we have hope that goes beyond the grave. So we have hope. We, I wanna make this clear, though. We have hope not just in heaven, but there's hope for today. There's hope that... All things that God does in our lives are working together for good, even when there's hindrances that take place. And we're going to talk about that. Paul the apostle, he was hindered. We're going to look at that in our text, but it was all turned around for good. And there was actually a greater good that took place, as we're going to look at as Paul uh, was hindered, but yet God had a better plan that Paul couldn't even fathom, beyond what he expected, if you will. So we're going to look at that. But there's also hope in the second coming. And we're going to look at that here in our text. We're going to talk about that. We're going to look at some current events or things that are happening in the news. We're going to look at, do we see signs of Jesus Christ coming back? Uh, Something I want to point out to you. Do you realize, and I hope you do as a believer, that we're supposed to pray every day, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the second coming so we're to pray in other words we're to pray lord please come and set up your kingdom your second coming come and rule and reign as king so there's hope in that that god will finally make things right on the earth not just in heaven but he's going to finally make things right here on the earth and i I just want to share i didn't share this with the the first service but i'd like to share it with you uh, regarding the second coming jesus coming back the second time so check this out there's 216 chapters in the new testament and there's 318 references in the New Testament uh, that refer to Jesus' second coming. That's a lot. So it's all through the Bible. It's all through the New Testament and the Old Testament, but a little fact that I wanted to share with you. So with that being said, if you can please stand with me, I'm going to read these few verses. Again, First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17, Paul the Apostle writing to this very young church that he had a part in starting. He says, But we brethren, having been taken away from you for a short time in present in presence, not in heart, endeavored more eagerly to see your face with great desire. Therefore we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again. But Satan can you say that out loud with me? Yes. Hindered us. Satan hindered us. That's interesting, isn't it? Verse nineteen. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his, can we say that together? Coming. Last verse we're going to look at. For you are our glory. And Lord, we lift up these four verses to you. We ask that you give us application. How does this apply to us? What does it mean personally for each one of us, Lord? I pray as I prayed for the first service, May we, at the end of this message, may we be able to say, we heard you speak today. Take my opinions, Lord, and just remove any of my opinions. If they're not of you, we don't want them. We want to hear what you have to say. So please speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You can be seated. Thank you. So as way of reminder, Paul the Apostle, he started this church that we're reading here in Thessalonica. When he was in Thessalonica, Thessalonica, he shared the gospel of Jesus, and many came to Christ. And what happened was, we've talked about this before, the religious leaders of that time, the Jewish religious leaders of that time, uh, they were envious of Paul. So what they did, they gathered, in Acts 17, they they gathered, it says, an evil mob against Paul and Silas. And they showed up at the house that uh, he was staying at, at Jason's house, but Paul and Silas weren't there. So they were trying to arrest them. They were trying most likely to have them both killed. And their their offense was that they said there was another king besides Caesar. And you couldn't do that during that, the Roman days at that time. So that was their offense. That's what they did wrong. So they wanted him killed. Paul the apostle found out about it. So at nighttime, they snuck out of the city. They went to Corinth, eventually went to Berea, then they went to Corinth. When they went to Corinth, now they're, uh, he's writing this letter, and he's telling them how much I miss you. I, I was trying to you know, spend time with you, but I've been hindered. And I want to look closer at the text in verse uh, 17 and 18 to, to get a closer look at this. So he says... For we, brethren, having been taken away, just as I said, they were taken away from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavoring more eagerly to see your face with great, can we say that together? Desire. So he's saying we want to be with you. I kind of get this picture, and I shared this with the first service, but it would be like if, because here, as we already read the the, uh, past few weeks, that Paul the Apostle said, I feel like your father, a spiritual father. I feel like even your mother to nurture you guys. So actually what's going on, his kids have been kidnapped from him. And think for a minute, if you have any children, could you imagine if your kids were kidnapped? Could you even think? That, that's what—that's the heart that Paul had. He's like, these are my spiritual kids. I want to be with you guys. I want to hang out with you guys. But but I'm being hindered. I'm trying everything I can to to, to go, but it's, there's a block there. there there's, a, there's something that's happening. So Paul's heart is he, he wants to be there. But I want to look at this word hindered because it's very telling. It's a military word in the original language referring to putting a trench in the road to slow an enemy down or also to put... A temporary block. And the reason why I want to point that out because it's a temporary block. So even the enemy. So when there's the battle would take place they would put a trench in the road to slow down the enemy. They're still going to get across that. So what I want to say with this is that there was a hindrance that took place but it was just temporary. And someone once said that God's delays are not his denials. And I, I want to put that up there because it's true. God's delays are not his denials. And that's the same thing that's happening in our text. There was a delay, but it wasn't a denial. Matter of fact, in Acts chapter 20, Paul did go to Thessalonica. Paul did get to, to be with them, but there was a hindrance. There was a slowing down of what was happening. And so when, when you first read this, I don't know about you being a Bible you know, scholar, if you will, when you read them, all, all scripture has to match up with other scripture. You cannot take something out of context and say, oh, this is what it means. If it doesn't match up with other scripture, it's not what it means. Your interpretation is wrong. So wait a second. Aren't we told in Romans eight twenty eight that all things? So listen to this. Paul the apostle was hindered, but it was actually working out for good. And we're going to talk about that. But I want to focus in on on this verse here first. We're going to see that the hindrance was actually far greater than if Paul would have gone right to Thessalonica. But I I want to point this out for all of us as believers. And one of my favorite verses of all times is right in front of us. I love this because when things happen, when I can't understand, or if I'm in a spiritual battle, or when difficulty comes my way, I've told you this before, but maybe this will help you. I literally, in my mind, I quote two words, all things. And what that does, it it gives my mind rest. It's like, oh, this is happening. Oh, this is going to, this is out of control. And I just go, just two words in my mind, goes, all things. I'm doing my best. All things, all things are working together for good. All things. If the text here, Romans 8, 28 says, some things are working together, that would mess with my head. I don't know about you. Some things, okay, Lord, this one's not gonna work out. No, all things. And I've mentioned this before, but for some that are here that have never heard this before, I pray that you get this, okay? It doesn't start by saying, And and a lot of people misquote this. They say, all things work together for good for those that love God, those that are called according to his purpose. So they can quote that. They're like, all things. But they forget the beginning of this. And we know. And you might say, pastor, why is that such a big deal? Because that, listen, please don't miss this. That's faith. We're called to be people of faith. And we know means I know. Paul the apostle is saying, I know all things are working together for good. That's an act of faith saying, I don't know how, God, you're going to work this out. I'm going to do my best, but I know that all things are gonna work out because I love you and I'm called according to your purpose. Question to all of you in this room, do you love God? Do you know that you're called according to his purpose? If you don't know your calling, the Bible says make your call and your election sure. You should know exactly what God has called you to do. You're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that you would walk in it, that you would know exactly what it is. God wants you to know what it is and he wants you to enjoy it and he wants you to walk in it. But when you know that he's called you and you know that, that you love him, isn't this comforting for your mind? So you, you might say, Pastor, wait a second. We, we read it very clearly. It says he was hindered. There, there was a, a hindrance that took place. So, so how do you reconcile that? Were all things working together for good. Well, we'll check this out. Most scholars believe that this letter that he wrote to the church in Thessalonica was the very first letter that Paul ever wrote. And you might say, well, why is that such a big deal? Well, think through this a little bit. If he would have been able, listen, don't miss this. I've never heard this before, but it just makes a lot of sense, and not that I came up with it. I, I read it, and it makes a lot of sense to my mind because it reconciles all this together. Check it out. If this is the first letter that he ever wrote, if Paul would have been able to go right to Thessalonica, he wouldn't have to write any letters. He was hindered, so because he was hindered, he had to write these letters, and he had to he get to express, by, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And because of that, listen, we have Scripture to read. So, because he was hindered, if he wasn't hindered, we wouldn't have all these writings of Paul. So, because he was hindered, actually, God wanted to do a greater work. God wanted to do beyond, far more, exceedingly abundantly above anything that Paul the Apostle could come up with. Paul didn't really, all that he saw was, I'm being hindered. This is a spiritual attack. I'm trying my best to get there. Okay, I got to sit down and write these letters. And God's like, That's what I want you to do. And those letters would bless millions upon millions of people throughout the ages, all things you following me? All things. Be encouraged when there's a hindrance that takes place. Nothing. If you are a saint of the living God, you've trusted God, you've become a believer in Jesus Christ. If you have a relationship with God, realize everything that comes your way, I don't care what it is, it's filtered through the loving hands of Jesus Christ. And he'll allow certain hindrances. He'll slow things down for a purpose and a plan. Why? Because he has a greater plan. He has a better plan. And we need to trust that. Please, if you don't get anything else, get this. If God's slowing things down, if he's, bringing, if he's trying to, to slow it down, don't try to force a door open. Don't try to get, when God closes a door, please don't get out a crowbar. And sometimes it's tough because you're like, like Paul the Apostle. He's like, I know that I'm supposed to go there. Well, yeah, God put it in your heart. You're going to get there, but it's going to be God's perfect timing. All things. Years ago when I was on staff at Calvary Costa Mesa under Pastor Chuck Smith, 2000, 2001, 2002, my wife and I we were overseeing the newly married couples fellowship, and there was a one night I was teaching, and and as I was teaching, I just just one of those times, I was like, I, I wasn't connecting. Everything I had in my notes, it just didn't come out as the way I was planning on it. And it was like, this is something's not right. And I just felt this hindrance that was taking place. I even felt this battle that was taking place. I was like, what is going on? I'm, just, You know, it sounded great when I was sitting down and, you know, typing it all up. And it's just like, it just isn't coming together. And something's just, isn't. It? and it was just so, the battle was just so terrible. And finally, I'm like, okay, it's not, okay, I'm just going to share the gospel. And I, so I shared the gospel of Jesus Christ You know, by grace, we're saved through faith, not of works, lest any man shall boast. You know, Jesus Christ died on the cross, and we're all sinners, and our sins separate us from a holy God. I just went through the whole gospel, and then I just was like, you know, if there's anyone in this room that wants to maybe pray to receive Christ for the first time, just raise your hand. And four people out of the small group raised their hand. They weren't believers. And with tears in their eyes, they accepted Jesus. I'm like, wow, Lord, that's why I was hindered. You didn't want me to spend time on my notes. You had a message for them. I know I shared this before, but another time that comes to mind that fits this pretty good is when I was on staff, Calvary Costa Mesa. I was scheduled to do a memorial service in Santa Ana. We didn't have maps on our phones, and my. I'll tell you one thing. One of the things that I, this, I'm really bad with is I do not have a good sense of direction. I mean, it's terrible listen it's so bad if i think i should go right i'm gonna go left because my sense of direction just it's weird i I hate that i don't it's frustrating my wife has a very good sense of direction and it's i love it she has a sense and i think we should go right and she's right every time and i'm like wow how do you do that I'm, i'm totally mixed up she can't read maps i love reading maps so we're just so between the two of us it works great so listen so i'm scheduled to do this this uh memorial service in santa ana so we you know got some directions. We tried to figure out. We got lost. I was over an hour late for the memorial service, and I felt terrible. I was like, I'm so sorry. And the people were kind of looking at me, and I was like, you still want me to give the message? They go, yeah, okay, but you know, it's supposed to be a viewing. Well, check this out. Not too many people showed up for the message, but because there was a viewing afterwards, the place was packed. And I don't mean, I'm telling you, I'm not just, I'm not exaggerating. Not only was everybody sitting down packed, but the, there wasn't enough room. They had, a, everybody was just scrunched in. There was like more people that it was way overflowing with people. And there were these gangbanger kind of young kids and all this stuff. And, and so I gave the message, I gave the gospel, and I'm talking about Jesus Christ. And you need to give your life to Christ. And these, these gang member type people were there. And they're all crying and weeping and they're giving their lives to Jesus. Listen, they didn't show up to hear a message. They thought they were just going to to, to have a viewing. And the hindrance that took place was because God had a far greater work to do. If you're late for work, don't try to use that excuse, though. Don't say, you know, oh, God, don't try to spiritualize it. I mean, don't do that. Remember when Philip asked Jesus, Philip said, Jesus, just show us the Father, and it'll be enough. And jesus said if you've seen me you've seen the father because jesus you know that's the trinity you've seen me you've seen the father and he's trying to explain that to philip and he's trying to explain that that you know i am god in the flesh i'm emmanuel i am the son of god and he's explaining that to him but listen what happens he says believe me that i am in the father and the father's in me we're one god the father god the son god the holy spirit three in one or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. In other words, Jesus was saying, okay, you've seen all the works that I've done. I've healed the sick, I've raised the dead, I've, I've done all these things. So so can't you see that this is all supernatural? But he goes on to say something that can be a little bit confusing. In verse 12, it says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And can we say that together? Greater works. This is Jesus, this is the Son of God. This is God in the flesh. So he's saying you can do greater works. I believe he's talking collectively with the church. Collectively we can do greater works because Jesus when he was here, he can only be at one place at one time. So why do I say that? Because if you read the rest, it says, greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. Remember, well, what happened when he went to the Father? Remember, he said, I'm going to go to the Father, but I'll pray the Father that he'll send the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. He shall be with you, and he shall be inside of you. God the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Have you ever thought of that? God the Son died on the cross. God the Father on his throne in heaven. But God the Holy Spirit lives inside of us if we allow him to come inside of us. So greater works you can do. Why? Because collectively you can do a lot more with millions of people that believe in Jesus and have the Holy Spirit. The, the, the works that, that Jesus did, we can do those type of things. We can share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can lay hands on the sick and they, and they will be healed and different things that, that, that the Holy Spirit can work in us if it's God's will. But then he goes on to say, and whatever you ask in my name, Jesus talking, I will what? I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Make sure that when you're asking for something, it's going to bring glory to the Father and the Son. Lord, I really want that Rolls Royce. Please bring that Rolls Royce. <laughs> Is that going to bring glory to the Father? No, it might bring glory to me. Yeah, exactly. So make sure it's according to the, God's will and it's for his glory. And if you didn't understand it the first time, he will, it goes on, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And that's how we're supposed to pray. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name we pray. But it's not some magic potion that we have. Oh, I'll have anything if I just say in Jesus' name. No, no, no. We go to the Father through Jesus Christ because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, through Jesus Christ. That's the only way we can go before his throne. And if you have a relationship with him, listen, if you have a relationship with him and you're have, you led by the Spirit, you'll want his will. And you'll want to bring glory to him. And you'll realize the fact the Bible says he will share his glory with no man. If if your prayer brings you all the glory, he's not going to honor that. Does that make sense? Another passage that goes great with this, remember in Daniel chapter 10, remember Daniel was fasting for three whole weeks, and he was praying, he was seeking the Lord, and he had visions of the future. He didn't understand the visions, and he was asking God, please show me what's going on. And so an angel appeared to him, and an angel touched him. And if you know the text, an angel shows up, and he said to me, do not fear Daniel. For the first day, some think that this was Jesus that that met with him, but it can't be Jesus because you'll find out. Jesus won't be hindered by a demonic angel, so that can't be, so the wrong interpretation is Jesus that touched him. It's another powerful angel. Then he said to me, do not fear Daniel, From the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. This is three weeks later, guys. He says, I heard your words when you were praying three weeks ago. But he says, listen to this, and it gives us insight to the spiritual realm. It says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. Can we say that out loud? 21 days. There's a hindrance. And he goes on to say, and behold, Michael, that's Michael the archangel, what a name, one of the chief princes came to help me. So he's saying, I, I, I did get some help. For I had been left alone there with the king of Persia. So, so he was hindered. So there was a hindrance that goes on. And it, listen, guys, it gives us some insight what happens in the spiritual realm. We're praying. You're wondering, God, why did this come about? Why isn't it happening right now? Well, there's things taking place. God has a better plan. And he says, now I've come to make you understand What will happen to your people in the latter days? So he came, he showed up, and he shows them visions. He explains the visions, and he says, for the vision refers to many days to come. And he explains the visions, and now we can understand the book of Revelation much better because we have the book of Daniel. They both fit perfectly together, and Daniel was given this great thing, but the battle was taking place. And Daniel, because of his fasting, was so weak, but the angel touched Daniel... And he was—he had a supernatural strength, so God did a greater work. Amen? Amen. Let's look at the last part of our text. So verse 19, it says, For what is our hope? This is Paul talking to the church. Or joy? Or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even... Can we say that out loud? You, in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, at his coming, the second coming, for you are our glory and what brought joy to Paul? What brought great rejoicing to Paul? God's people, not money, not success. He had the same heart that Jesus has. Jesus, listen. If you don't get this, please understand this. Jesus loves people, and Paul had the same heart that that Jesus has. Jesus is—he loves people. When when you isolate yourself, beware. Satan loves to, do you know that Satan loves to isolate people? Do you know how powerful this is right here? I remember back being a young believer and I had some disputes with some people in church and all and, and I was just, I was, I was done. I was like, I'm done with this stuff. Not Christian. I'm like, God, you and me, this is great. I love this, what we've got going on here. But that church stuff, it's over. Really, I went through that. And he was like, oh, uh, excuse me? I was like, yeah, them. He was like, I love them. I was like, great, you love them. I don't want to love them. <laughs> and what I was trying to do, I was trying to go back to my old way. My ways, I was raised to put up a wall. I used to, in my crazy mind, I would think, I, was, I literally did this before I knew Christ. It was the three strikes you're out rule. So if you did me wrong once, that's not good. Twice, three times, I would just put up my wall. And I it, that's how I operated. So three times I put up a wall, don't talk to me. I don't want anything to do with you. And I would literally cut people off. So here I'm a new Christian. I'm thinking, okay, I gave them three times, Lord. They're cut off. And he's like, well, where do you find that in the Bible? First, uh, flesh-alonians? And it's not not (laughs) my flesh? (laughs) It's not in there. And he's like, I want you to go back. You know how hard that was? Humble yourself. Get back in there. And when I did that, I realized there was a misunderstanding. I literally misunderstood what that person was saying, and I was willing to cut them off for life because I misunderstood what they were saying. Guys, there's a spiritual battle that's going to try to hinder our our fellowship, being in church, being together. We need to be wise to realize that there is a battle. For you to be in church, I'm sure you've all experienced it, to go to church. I've heard many times, people after church, they come up here, Pastor, I can't believe I made it. I just made it. You wouldn't believe what happened to me. Everything went wrong, and I almost didn't come to church, but I knew I had to be there. You know how many times I hear that? There's a battle. But God loves people, and God, listen, God loves when his people are together. Why? There's power in numbers when we're together. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 1045 a.m., and 1230 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you.
0: You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit and outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.